You may be seated and take your Bible, if you would, or open your uh, church app to uh, Luke chapter 10. And we're going to begin in verse 27. If you have your church app and choose the uh, read the Bible, it should go right to that for you. Luke chapter 10 and beginning in verse 25. This morning I am uh, swiping a, a theme from the youth. Their uh, back to school revival theme was all in. And uh, sadly I was on vacation and didn't get to uh, attend that. So I don't know a lot about it. But when uh, Red announced their theme of all in, God began to speak to my heart about when I finished the What If series to go into a series about all in. And if you had the bulletin this morning and you looked at the cover and some of you may have looked at that and thought, what has happened to our church? We have gambling on the cover. And let me give a disclaimer, I don't encourage gambling of any sort, whether it's poker or anything else. But I use that to get our minds thinking about this theme of all in because all in is an expression that uh, is most known towards poker. And when a person says, when they're playing poker and they say, I'm all in... They're taking their chips or their money or whatever they're using to gamble with. They push it all out on the table and they say, I'm taking all I've got. I am all in. And when they make that move of all in and they place it all out on the table, all the cards have been dealt. All the funds have been placed in the center and they are now at a point that they cannot back out. I am all in. The cards are dealt. My decision has been made. I am all in. Now let's just see how it all turns out. I'm all in. And in the Christian life, there was a question that was asked to the Lord Jesus that we'll see in Luke chapter 10. And a, what it describes as an expert in the law or one who was well educated in the scriptures asked the Lord a question, what do you have to do? What does a person have to do to have eternal life? And when he asks the question, the Lord gives him a response back. Well, what do you read? What do you understand that the Scriptures say? And he said, to love the Lord your God. And he made the statement of all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. And in that verse in the Bible, it says all four times. And the Lord said, you have said well. Do this and you will live. Basically, the Lord said, you got it right. You've got to be all in to have eternal life. To live the Christian life is an all-in thing. It's just like poker. It's putting it all on the table. The cards have been dealt. I'm all in. There's no backing out. There's no reversing it. I am all in. Sometimes within the church life, you might say, you'll see people that they attend church and they do things sometimes, and, but you wonder about their life because it doesn't really seem to be reflecting Christ. And maybe that's because they've never really been all in. And here, according to what the Lord says, you're either all in or you're not in at all. It's an all in circumstance. So we look at these scriptures this morning and we look at all in. And I want you to notice that the Lord could have said with all or the scriptures could have said all your heart, soul, strength and mind. But every time all was repeated, a three-letter word. And we'll find out why that's so significant in just a moment. But in all four situations, the three-letter word was repeated. All, 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 all. It's a reminder to you and I, you're either all in or you're not in at all. Because the Lord says, this is what you got to have to have eternal life. I'm going to read this out of the NIV. Let's look at it together. Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse 25, it says, On one occasion... 
an expert in the law, and as I said, this would be one who has religious training and education to the Scriptures. So this expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now this is, I want you to understand before we read any further, that this is a very, very significant question. He didn't ask, what do I have to do to be a church member? He didn't ask, what do I have to do to hang out with you? He asked the ultimate eternal question, what do I have to do to have eternal life? What do I have to do to have eternal security, to have salvation, to know that I will spend eternity in heaven, as we might say today? And verse 26 says, it's written in red, so the Lord is speaking. He says, what is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? Verse 27 says, this teacher, this expert in the law answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And then we see it written in red again. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. The Lord said, basically, you said it exactly right. If you're all in, you will live. You will have eternal life. You will live out your life as a Christian. You will know what it means to have eternal life if you're all in. Now, I said that three-letter word was very important. The word all is a word in the Greek language, the word holos. And it means to be whole, complete, or in one piece. Now, that in one piece, I think, is very significant as part of the definition of holos. To be whole, to be complete, we understand that all. We've got the whole thing, we've got the complete thing. But the expression meaning in one piece carries great significance in this verse because, remember, he addressed the heart, the soul, the strength, and the mind. So the Scriptures are saying holos are all. It has to be in one piece, your heart has to be in one piece to the Lord. In the love for the Lord, your heart has to be in one piece. Your soul has to be in one piece. It can't be divided. It's got to be solo, focused on the Lord. Your strength can't be divided. It has to be solely on the Lord. Your mind cannot be divided it has to be solely on the Lord. This word, in one piece, whole and complete. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't never think about anything else or we don't love. I, I love the Lord, but I also love my grandchildren. I love my wife. I love my children. But the Scriptures are saying when it says holos, it means there has to be in one piece a completeness in your love towards the Lord. Holos, all. There is something else that's very significant about this word all in these scriptures. Remember that in that time, it was, uh, in the New Testament, it was written in the Greek language, and they were very direct in how they put their grammar together. And if you were to be able to study the grammar or the structure of this verse in the Greek language, you would see and find out two words that are significant in the Greek structure of that word. The word genitive and the word dative. The word genitive means that that word all has a connection or is in agreement with some other words in that sentence. The word dative means not only is it in agreement, 
but there is an indirect recipient. To put that in plain language, it's kind of like in the Bible it says, love the Lord, and the heart says, I'm all in, I love the Lord. And then the soul says, you're right, buddy, I'm in, count me in, I'm all in, I love the Lord. And then the strength says, I'm all in, count me in, I'm not turning back, I'm all in. And then the mind says, I'm in too, that's all of us. We're all in for the Lord. You see, it's in the uniqueness of God's design, it was all put together to say, your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, it has to be in one piece, and they all got to be together. You can't be divided. There can't be anything missing. Why is it sometimes that you see people who go to church or maybe say that there are Christians or church members, but there just seems to be something missing in their life? It's because something in the heart, the soul, and the strength in the mind is not all in. There's something divided that's going on. There's something that is not in one piece. There's just something missing. And I don't want anybody to leave here today without understanding what could be missing and getting a wholeness and a completeness in having. Remember, the question is, what do I have to have to have eternal life? Not what do I have to do to be in good standing with the, the preacher or to be a church member, but what do I have to have to have eternal life? There's got to be that completeness of the heart, the soul, the strength, and the mind. There can't be anything missing. And I don't want you to leave here today uncertain or confused. I don't want you to be like Watson was. Many of you, how many of you have heard of Sherlock Holmes and Watson before? I don't want anybody to leave like Watson was. There was a story one time of Sherlock Holmes and Watson were on one of their adventures as they are, and they got into a situation where they ended up having to camp outside in the woods. And so they had to make a makeshift tent. They had to put some covering on the ground and they were able to lay down and go to sleep with covering over their head and a place to lay down. Somewhere in the midst of the night, Sherlock Holmes wakes up. He looks up and then he suddenly nudges Watson and he says, Watson, what do you see? And he looks up and he said, I see millions and millions of stars. And Sherlock Holmes says, what does that tell you, Watson? He says, well, astronomically it tells me that there are millions of stars and could be millions of planets and maybe even billions of planets. And he says, horologically it tells me that it's about a quarter after three. Theologically, it tells me that there is a God who is omnipotent and we are small and insignificant in His eyes. He says, as I look at the sky, it also tells me, looks like we're going to have a good day. He said, no, no, Watson. It tells you somebody has stolen our tent. Sherlock Holmes had woken and knew there wasn't covering and something was missing. But Holmes didn't quite get it. He was doing a great analysis, but he just wasn't quite getting it. I believe in church there are many people that sit in churches today and they kind of see lots of stuff, but they don't quite get it. We were talking with an individual recently about one cry that starts next Sunday night at the 
uh, Trade Center. And as we have organized the area together to come together for a spiritual awakening of all churches in the area, and there have been numerous churches that have said, hey, count us in, we're in, we're in, we're in. But when we come down to the needs and the support of it and, and volunteering and stuff, that group of about 50 folks, you begin to get responses of a much smaller number. They were saying they were in, but the truth, something's missing. They're not all in because the commitment, the actions are not there. Sometimes in Christianity that's true. We see people who say, I'm in. But the commitment, the actions don't show that. So I look at these scriptures. What does it mean to be all in with the Lord? What does it mean to say that you really love the Lord? I believe as we look at these scriptures that one of the things that to have eternal life and to live for the Lord and to really be all in, you've got to say that to be all in, all the affections of my heart are into the Lord. All the affections of my heart are into the Lord. You see, the Lord said, or the verse says, love the Lord with all your heart. And the heart is where our affections, our emotions are. And so for us to truly be all in, all in means that all the affections, the emotions of my heart are into the Lord. My feelings are there. That when there's something that uh, relates to the things of God and seeing God's work being done, it moves me emotionally. It stirs up my affections. Matter of fact, if things that relate to God do not move you emotionally or affect your affections, then there is something missing. There's something divided. I heard this morning that, that there was a fire at Pleasant Grove United Methodist Church, that they experienced some damage and to pray for that church. My immediate feelings was, oh no. I felt hurt for that church. I began to visualize and ask questions. Well, why was damaged? How much was affected? Because that church is a church. It's not the same denomination as we are, but it's a church. It's a church that should be reaching people for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so for it to be damaged by fire affects my heart, my emotions. That's the way that the Christian life is. If you're all in, then it means that your affections of your heart are all in to the Lord. How many of you watch American Ninja Warriors? Raise your hand. All right, it's like at least half. This part over here don't watch it much, but these, this is the wild side over here. This is the calm side, except for Chris is sitting over there. American Ninja Warriors is supposed to be a competition of some of the most athletic individuals with some of the greatest grip, strength, and abilities and being able to climb have balance, agility, just the all-in-all -all combination of everything that's needed to be an all-around athlete. The American Ninja Warrior. And so people look to them as these are folks that can do amazing things, who have developed amazing grip strength and climbing strength and amazing ability to balance and to do situations that are awkward. And yet I have seen some of those, and I love watching it, but I have seen some of those guys come out and compete in American Ninja Warrior and they fail, fall into the water. There's usually a water pit that they fall into if they fail. Fall into the water and see them come out and they start to interview them and they get emotional. Start crying. 
thinking, hey, these guys are supposed to be tough. These are rock climbers. These are guys who can flip and flop. They can grip and hang on. They put their life in danger to be able to do amazing things. And they fall in the water and they're crying. They're emotional. Why is it? It's because their heart was into it, wasn't it? They were affected emotionally. Their affections were, I want to compete. I want to do good. I want to be an American ninja warrior. Someone who's supposed to be outstanding athletically, but yet they're broken in their heart. And the reason being is their heart was fully in it. Their affections were in it. If I hear something that fails in the work of God, if I hear of someone who, is a, someone who has served God and they fall, it moves me emotionally. I don't want to see a church fail. I don't want to see a minister fail because my heart is in the Lord. Can you say today that you are all in, that you have eternal life, and that all your affections of your heart are into the Lord? The Lord says here in the Scriptures, you will love the Lord with all your heart. But remember that all has a connection with another part. It all is joining together, and the next part it addresses is the soul. If you're all in with your soul, that means all the faithfulness of your soul is in the Lord. The word that was used for soul is the word psyche. Psyche in its original meaning means breath. If you have a King James Bible in the Genesis, it says that the Lord took the dust of the earth and He created man and He breathed into His nostrils the breath of life and He became a living soul. In the Greek language, they use the word psyche to represent the soul, the breath. It means who I really am. It's the true me. I have a physical body, but you can damage this physical body. And inside, there is still Brett Yeager, the same person, even though physically on the outside, I might look different. And so in the Bible, it says, love the Lord with all your soul. It's talking about your psyche or your inner being, who you truly are, your innermost being. And who we really are is where we put our focus and our devotion and our faithfulness. And so when the Bible says that if you love the Lord with all your soul, it's talking about all the faithfulness of your soul being into the Lord, meaning I am devoted, I am committed, my breath and life is in the Lord, my psyche. If you talk to people who uh, study about psych the uh, psyche of the human being and so forth, you'll see not only that they understand the principle of the uh, the root of it of breath, the life of the person, but the behavior. What is their behavior? And you can tell by the behavior of a person who they really are, whether they really love the Lord. I have had people tell me, man, I love the Lord, but their behavior doesn't show that. That means there's something divided or something missing in their life. And here the Lord says, if you want eternal life, if you truly want to live, then you got to love the Lord with all your soul, which means your faithfulness has to be there. Someone told me this morning, said, hey, we was camping out, but we broke camp to come to church this morning. I consider that some faithfulness. The soul, the true behavior, wanted to be in the house of God to worship. All the faithfulness of your soul has to be in, to be all in. But then the Scripture also talks about all the strength. That means that all the capabilities of my strength are in to the Lord. All the strength that I can muster, our strength 
is our capabilities, our abilities, our talents, all that we can physically do. And the Lord is saying that if you truly love me, then all your strength is how you love me. That means that I take all my capabilities, all my abilities, all my gifts and my talents, and I don't hold anything back. I put it all in serving the Lord. It's really an expression of really giving your best. Like Colossians 3.23 says that whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord with all your heart, with all your strength, with all that you have within you, all my capabilities. I remember one of the first times, you know, in doing the work of the Lord, you would think that anybody that comes regular, that they would be wanting to use their gifts and talents for serving the Lord. And I can remember a person one time that came to our church and been uh, part of our church family for a while, and we had some needs in an area of maintenance. I won't say what it was, but it was in an area of maintenance. That was their specialty, this particular area. And I went to him. I said, hey, we got this problem in this area. I know that's your specialty. Would you mind taking a look at it and see if you can fix it? And their response was this. No, I try to keep that at work. Keep that separate. Leave my work at work. Have my home at home. I'm thinking, what does Scripture say about loving the Lord with all your strength, with all your capabilities? It's not divided. It's not holding back. When you're holding back or there's something missing, then there's something missing about being all in. The last thing that this verse says that you've got to be all in is with all your mind. And that tells us that all the thoughts of my mind are into the Lord. And as I said, well, go, it doesn't mean that you're only constantly thinking of the Lord that you can't. I think about my wife throughout the day and sometimes she gets on my mind so much I have to call her if she's at work. I want to hear her voice. But the thoughts of my mind are kind of like the Bible says that whatever things are pure, holy, just, Think of those things. The Bible tells us that, that we're not to be conformed to the world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. That renewing of the mind means I'm changing my way of thinking. And I'm not thinking about the things of the world or the things of my lust, but I'm thinking about the things of the Lord and about my God. Here the answer that the Lord was looking for, and He said, do this and you will live. Be all in with your affections of your heart. Be all in with the faithfulness of your soul. Be all in with the capabilities of your strength. Be all in with the thoughts of your mind. And then you will live. What was the question? What do I have to do to have eternal life? Here's a question I think we got to answer this morning. And it is, are we all in to the Lord? Or is there something missing or divided in our commitment in our life? I'll ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. And while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I want you to be reminded that that word all means whole, complete, in one piece. There can't be a divided heart. There can't be a divided soul or divided strength or a divided mind. There has to be one central thought and focus. That's what the Lord's saying, that they're in the center of our being, there has to be a oneness of the heart, soul, strength, and mind that unites together. And it says that it's an indirect recipient. That means it's not about all about us, but it's all about the Lord. He's the indirect recipient. Are you all in this morning? Or is there a dividedness or something missing 
with the heart and the soul and the strength in the mind. From what the Lord said and by the way that this verse is put together, you're either all in or you're not in at all. And I'd hate to see anybody miss eternal life and know what it means to really live and to live for the Lord. Are you all in this morning? Or are there divided parts of your life? Are you all in? Or is there something missing? This morning, if you've never really put your all into the Lord, maybe you've never fully committed your life to Him, maybe as we've looked at the Scriptures this morning and you've seen that the heart, the soul, the strength, and the mind all come together as one, in one piece, in agreement with one another, saying we're all in. And you realize you've never really been all in. Maybe today's the day that you need to put all in to the Lord and commit your life to Him. If that's your need, if you need the Lord in your life, you need to commit all in. Would you pray this prayer in your heart, dear Lord? I realize I've never been all in. It's been something that's been a little divided in my life. Something missing. I guess I've been a little bit like Watson. Didn't quite get the picture. But today, Lord, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to cleanse my heart. And I commit to be all in. I ask you to save my soul. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you prayed to receive Christ as your Savior and you really meant that to put all in, if you prayed that with me, would you just slip up your hand just a moment while nobody else is looking? Yes, all in. Thank you. Maybe this morning, maybe you know that you're a Christian. Maybe you know that you're saved. But for some reason, some things that have happened in your life or maybe some things that you look at the past, you realize that you just really haven't been all in like you should. It is all about the heart and the soul and the strength and the mind. And they all come together as one. It wasn't by accident that this scripture was written in that form of the grammar. That they're all closely connected and they all have one indirect recipient and that's the Lord. Maybe you're a Christian but you don't really feel like you've been all in like you should. You want me to pray for you. Would you just slip up your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to be all in. I don't want to be said that I'm not in. Yes, thank you. You may put your hands down. Lord, I come to you this morning. Lord, I know that even preaching this message, being on Labor Day, I knew there would be a ton of people missing. I wanted to put it off in my mind. But you said to preach it today. And so today I'm preaching it to a smaller crowd. Lord, you knew who would be here and who needed what was said. And Lord, I pray that for those who raised their hand, for whether it was to accept you as their personal Savior, or whether it was just realizing, hey, I'm a Christian, but there's been some divided parts of my life, and I've got to be all in to really know life like Jesus wants me to have. Lord, I pray for those who raised their hand for whatever means it is. For salvation, God, grab their hearts, hold them close to you. May they be all in and know it's irrevocable. That it's, the cards have been dealt. It's this day forward. For those, Lord, who are Christians, but today they've said there's been something that's been divided in my life, but I'm all in today. Pray for me, Pastor. I'm putting it all in. I'm not holding back anymore. I'm all in. And I don't want to turn back. Lord, I pray that everybody will understand that it's a whole heart thing, a heart, soul, strength, and mind. 
puts you all in. And Lord, I know that when we put it all in with our whole commitment, that we'll live a life that is life abundantly. And I believe when the scripture says that the Lord, that you came that we might have life and life more abundantly. It wasn't just abundant life in heaven, but understanding and experiencing the abundance of life on this earth too. So God, I pray that you'll just give them a dose of being all in and experiencing that abundant life. And Lord, we'll give you the praise and honor and glory for all that you do. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.